Hello, and welcome to Unabridged, the weekly podcast where teachers take on books. This is Sarah. Join us for bookish episodes and a monthly book club pick. This is Ashley. Find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Unabridged Pod, or go to our website, unabridgedpod.com, where the books we read are linked for purchase. This is Jen. Check out our Teachers Pay Teachers store, our Patreon page, and our newsletter. Please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts to support us. You want opinions about books? We've got them. Hello. Welcome to Unabridged. Today we are here to talk about our book club pick, The Care and Feeding of Ravenously Hungry Girls by Anissa Gray. Before we get started with our discussion, we wanted to remind you to like, rate, review, subscribe, all the things, um, especially the rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, but also check us out on Instagram, and we have a brand new merch shop on TeePublic you can access from our website, so make sure you check that out. So like I said, we are now going to be talking about The Care and Feeding of Ravenously Hungry Girls by Anissa Gray. Before we get started, I'd like to share a short summary from Amazon. The Butler family has had their share of trials, as sisters Althea, Viola, and Lillian can attest, but nothing prepared them for the literal trial that will upend their lives. Viola and Lillian are as stunned as the rest of the small community when Althea and her husband Proctor are arrested and, in a heartbeat, the family goes from one of the most respected in town to utter disgrace. The worst part is, not even her sisters are exactly sure what happened. As Althea awaits her fate, Lillian and Viola must come together in the house they grew up in to care for their sister's teenage daughters. So that's the summary. And now we are going to discuss, I'm really excited to discuss this one with Ashley and Jim. So I would like to start this discussion just talking about some of the relationships Mm -hmm. in the book because I think there are some definite overarching themes Mm -hmm. in this book and I think relationships between family members and loved ones and partners I think that that's a huge theme in the book Mm -hmm. so the first one I would like to start with is the relationship between the sisters because I think that is the the biggest one that we examine and what did you all think of that Mm -hmm. I know I just realized listeners that I forgot to do our first question, which is, what do you think about the book? So I'm going to back it on up and I'm going to, it's been a long day. Um, I'm going to back it on up and I'm going to first ask that question. So just pretend I didn't say that. So Ashley, what did you think of the book? Oh, I was hoping Jen would go first. And I was kind of relieved. I loved this book. I did. I, I think it's a complex book to summarize your feelings about. So in some ways I was relieved to jump into the sisters instead of overall impressions because I think that's harder to articulate sometimes. But I will say that I really love stories that examine the relationships between family members and particularly the relationships between women. And so I think that this book does that so well. And I also think that it is fascinating and painful to read about the ways that trauma experienced by a family manifest throughout the individual lives of the kids as they grow into adults and I think that that's very much a part of what's happening in this book and so I think that both of those things are really well done I think that Anissa Gray portrays each of her characters as whole people who are complex and deep and not always 
super like I think they're they're like real people in the sense that like there are decisions that they make and choices that have ramifications that are really awful and so I think you know I think she does a really good job of showing that of showing the complexities of each of them and how intentions can deviate from what happens and how all of them handle the situation differently how each of the sisters handles it differently so yeah I think that all of that to say that I I'm really glad that I read the book and I felt engrossed by the situation of the sisters. Mm-hmm. So I really enjoyed it as well. So I had read it once before and the first time through, it was one of those that I just read so quickly. I really enjoyed it, but I don't think I picked up on a lot of the subtleties that the second time through highlighted for me. And so, yeah, I, I second a lot of what Ashley said, that relationship between the three sisters I thought was powerful. I loved the way that we saw Proctor's character develop through the letters that he's mm-hmm. writing to Althea. I thought Gray pushed a lot of narrative expectations by having these different ways to know people. Um, it was also interesting to see their brother, Joe, who was really developed completely through the narrative of the others. Mm-hmm. And so... Yeah, that, that was interesting to see things shaped around him. And I I really appreciated the complexity. Althea does some really horrible things and has some viewpoints with which I disagree strongly. And I don't know why I didn't remember that so much from the first reading. But the second time through, I was like, wow, she really has a lot of prejudice against people who are different from her. And so then that started made me start to think about the way that even though these are siblings, and I think a lot of times we assume that siblings have the same experiences because they've grown up together, these three women, partly because of age, partly because of whether they knew their mother who died when they were children well or not, partly because of the expectations placed on them by their father, had entirely different upbringings. Mm-hmm. And I thought the watching the way that impacted who they became as they grew and as they became adults and as they were raising children was great. And I'll just say the other thing I really liked was just that whole idea. There is this family at the beginning, but then there are also all of these families that have formed by people who are not related, mm-hmm. but who just care for each other. And sometimes they're pushed together by choice and sometimes it's purely by circumstance. But I thought that was really moving. So I really loved it. I do think it was more nuanced than I appreciated the first time through because I was in such a race to get to the end and find out what happened and see what happens with all of them. So what do you think, Sarah? I agree with both of you. I, I really thought it was a good book. And I one of some of the stuff that stood out to me was secondary storylines. Like mm-hmm. I thought that the storyline with Althea and the women that she meets in jail mm-hmm. Or in, yeah, mm-hmm. it was in jail mm-hmm. before she goes to prison. Uh, I thought that was really interesting, mm-hmm. and just the commentary on on the prison system mm-hmm. and the jail system mm-hmm. and why people are there. It reminded me of some of our other books that we've read, like Dope Sick, and uh, just some just it just reminded me of other things that I've read that made me appreciate their circumstances mm-hmm. more than if I hadn't have read the other books. So mm-hmm. I really thought that was interesting. And like 
Jen said, you know, I feel like I say this every time, but I love books where families are made in different ways. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I like that a lot. And I, and I always like an alternating perspective Mm -hmm. book. So, and then, so that makes it go more quickly for me. So I like that. Mm -hmm. So I thought, I agree with both Ashley and Jen. I thought it, that it was very good and the relationships and the way that they're, drawn and presented were really was really interesting and I think something that I hadn't read in other books just the the there's such a divergence between all the different relationships in the story Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. they are so different I just thought that was interesting okay so now we can go back to my other (laughs) (laughs) we need to rewind and go back to the other question I asked about the relationship between the sisters because they really were very different and each of them had different experiences growing up in the same house and I wondered what you all thought what stood out to you about their relationships in particular so I think Lillian is the one who stood out to me as being really different from the other two partly because she was the baby and she was the one who had the best relationship with their father who was abusive Definitely to Althea, but really to Althea, Viola, and Joe. And Lillian just had this very... He was just so much more nurturing to Lillian. Now, Lillian having to deal with the abuse at the hands of her brother, that was a different angle. But I thought seeing how she could cope with some things maybe more easily than her sisters because it felt like she'd have this strong figure who was there for her that she could count on and watching the affection with which she renovated their home that the other sisters maybe didn't even want to go to, but she really saw it as something that could be renovated and highlighted and honored. It, yeah, it was really interesting. I don't know. What did you guys think? Yeah. I mean, I felt like she, I, I mean, I think that each of them had their own way of dealing with the, childhood Mm -hmm. that they experienced and so I felt like Viola internalized Mm -hmm. all of it and her had her eating issues that she was working through that seemed to be largely our mic situation is awkward so I'm trying to look at Jen but then I realized I can't because (laughs) anyway so that is happening um so I feel like you know she it was internalizing but also was finding a way to have something to offer to other people. Lillian, I think, repressed, I mean, so much of... Because you think that the trauma that Joe put upon her was horrendous, Mm -hmm. but she carried that so differently Mm -hmm. than the other sisters. And so I think it's interesting to think... And like you said, Jen, I mean, she, she had a different experience with their father, but then as that came out about what was going on with Joe... those circumstances were really horrendous Mm -hmm. and so then but then she had really internalized it in a different way and like I said I mean it seemed like she would just push so much of that down until until the part of the book where she's coming around and facing it it seems like her entire adulthood from the time it happened until the time when she faces it and faces Joe she just doesn't think about that issue at all Mm -hmm. whereas Viola is like working through a lot of what had happened in their childhood and what her relationship with her siblings is like and working through a relationship with Ava. Like she's mm-hmm. working through all that stuff. Lillian is like holding it all in. Yeah. And so I think that's really interesting. And then Althea is projecting a yeah. lot of the things. And so I feel like, um, like you said in the beginning, Jen, I mean, a lot of what she does is hard to tolerate. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And 
I think, but then I think, you know, as she comes to understand herself, part of what I loved about the book was like how they were coming to each sister was coming to understand more about themselves Mm -hmm. as people. And as she came to understand herself better, she came to see that she was just like the father that she hated. That moment when she has that epiphany Mm -hmm. was so heart wrenching. It was, it was really sad because Mm -hmm. she had been so traumatized. And so it was so hard for her to have that realization about herself as a mother. Yeah. Of her own daughter and to know that she was, to, yeah, that she yeah. was just continuing that cycle. That, cycle. that was yeah. really heart-wrenching. Yeah, so I felt like that yeah. all was, I just think that Gray did a really amazing mm-hmm. job with showing how each of them had their own pathway. They handled it in their own way. And yet all of them were able to, as they came to understand themselves better, deal with their mm-hmm. circumstances. And I felt like even Althea, like you all were saying about the making of her of their own families, it was really cathartic for the reader to see her develop these tender bonds with the women in the jail and to see that she could be loving and she could Mm -hmm. connect to others and she could care for their well-being and and be strong for them and relate to them in a way that it seemed that she had not been able to do prior Mm -hmm. to all those experiences and so I mean I think that that's really hopeful there is definitely a hopeful aspect of the book and I just think to the fact that because that one cycle was so difficult for her to recognize, I think then seeing that because she had been so nurturing with Mercedes, that Mercedes is the one at the end who saves her daughter is just this beautiful bit of symmetry in connecting the whole book. Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. there is a cycle that is maybe going to restore some of the ugly cycle. There's one that's better to replace it. Or maybe not replace it, but help it along. I don't know what yeah. word to use, mm-hmm. but what do you think, Sarah? Listening to you all talk about Althea has made me feel a little bit more, you know, a little bit more okay about mm-hmm. her actions. I, I have to say during the course of the book, I just, even knowing her circumstances, I guess it's, it's it was such a, a comparison between the way Lillian and Viola, mm-hmm. The way that they reacted and what the way that they conducted themselves was so different than Althea that it was really difficult for me to to find be sympathetic of her character mm-hmm. because of the way she treated her daughters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I under I understood her anger toward her dad and even Joe and just her situation growing up, but then to subject that on her mm-hmm. daughters, I understand that that happens, that, that, that a lot of times cycles of abuse continue, mm-hmm. but it was really hard for me to be sympathetic. Like, I felt like at times I didn't even care that she was <laughs> incarcerated because I was so angry at her for the way she treated mm-hmm. her children and mm-hmm. the fact that they knew that she was treating them that way too. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that, that she obviously had a favorite and she didn't really try to hide it, mm-hmm. you know? And I don't know. So, but Listening to you all talk, it's made me come around a little bit. Uh, but for me, the character that I connected with most is Viola because I feel like with her, that's what I tend to do. The way that she handled conflict and circumstance is that I internalize a lot of things mm-hmm. and then it, then it manifests in a way that is not productive. Mm-hmm. So I feel like I, I really related with her. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really just, I thought she was a really strong person and I loved the way that she fought for her to be well mm-hmm. and that she had this self-awareness that she was spiraling and she tried to climb out of it Mm -hmm. and that she was able to call her therapist. And I mean, I think a lot of times that's a very difficult thing to do. And Mm -hmm. she was able to recognize it and try to 
do better and that mm-hmm. she tried to patch things up with Ava, Eva. I think it's Eva. I think it's Eva. Eva? Yeah. Okay. Yes. <laughs> that's how I said it. I started, I started to, to say earlier that we did not clear our pronunciation of that name. That makes sense. Yeah. Uh, so I, I really like that she was able to recognize that she was in the wrong and that she was having a midlife crisis and that mm-hmm. she was doing all these things to to lash out mm-hmm. and that she was able to patch that up. So I really loved Viola. I loved her relationship with both of her sisters mm-hmm. because I felt that she was able to, she was kind of the, the hinge, mm-hmm. you know, the hinge mm-hmm. that could kind of build the bridge. And I, I really like that. Well, in the middle sister, that makes yes. sense, right? Yeah, I think. Yes. Yeah. Yes. That's true. yeah. So I listened to, I will try to find it so we can put it in show notes. I listened to a podcast interview with Anissa Gray and to me, it sounded as if Viola might be the most autobiographical of the mm-hmm. sisters. Um, she talked a lot about her eating disorder and her relationship with her wife and uh, just a lot of it to me sounded as if Viola is you know not completely autobiographical but definitely that there are some strong connections there so well, maybe she has that in the acknowledgments as mm-hmm. well it's clear that she is speaking to having had the eating disorder mm-hmm. herself and and is her gratitude to the people that helped her mm-hmm. and I think recover. the way in which she describes her her cycle and binging and purging. And I think it seems it's very raw and mm-hmm. visceral. Yes. Yeah. Visceral. So I feel like that, that seems accurate that it's that Viola is drawn mostly from her own experience. She did talk about it in the past tense though, that it was something she had conquered, which I oh, thought was awesome. really hopeful after having read how heart wrenching it was again for Viola to go through that and just, yeah, that, gray herself had been able to move past it so this goes back to what we were talking about with the sisters so mm-hmm. i'm gonna digress a little bit but i think that what really struck me about each of their really like what as we're talking about the three of them i think part of what i found really powerful about the book was that each of them is coming to learn that even though they are broken as all people are in various ways that they have something to offer mm-hmm. and i think like with lillian seeing her how tender her I loved her relationship with Nai Nai mm-hmm. and I felt like just the tenderness of that relationship and how she was doing it in some ways to repent I think for like feeling that she had this guilt that she carried with her but it also was that like she is a kind person yeah. and she has a tender heart and she wants to do well for for her nieces and also for Nai Nai grandmother and mm-hmm. I mean none of them are like her immediate circle of family and yet she has something to offer and same with Viola I think she's like working through with all of her struggles with eating and with um, feeling like she's sliding back into that Mm -hmm. cycle she's still coming to find that she has something to offer to others and that she can be in a relationship and that relationship can be healthy she can be with her nieces and take care of them and have something to offer for them. And she can, and all of that can help her recover. And same with Althea. I mean, I think that in the jail, we see that she is able to, even though she is broken, even though she's made these bad choices, even though she and Proctor are struggling to continue to connect to each other and understand each other, she is able to offer something. And so I think that's the part that like really resonated to me about all the circumstances. And I mean, even Joe, Mm -hmm. we don't know, like y'all said, we see him through, their perspectives. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we don't know exactly how he picks up the pieces once Lillian confronts him. Yeah. 
But we do see that as an adult, as far as we can tell, even though he made these horrendous choices in the past, he seems to have been moving toward mm-hmm. a better future. Mm-hmm. And I think all that's really hopeful. Yeah. I hope so. I mean, I I had a hard time with his character, especially when Althea is remembering his wife having called and asking Althea to intervene with Joe. And you see that his his abuse has not been confined to Lillian. Mm-hmm. But I did think... I really like that whole storyline because I thought for so much of the book, you just want everyone to reconnect. And and you feel like, or I felt like that was the answer, was reconnection and building back relationships. And then to have Lillian, that the big step she had to take was ending that relationship mm-hmm. and taking control of it. And so just watching her do that in contrast, especially because she was so good, you could just see her as this person who felt like she had a lot to make up for that she was going to reach out and embrace all of these people. And so to see her do something so counter to the character that she is the rest of the book, but that that is what she needed to heal, what she needed to end that. I just thought that was really moving. Well, and then where she sells the house and sells the apartment that she and Sam had had, I think all of those were breaks from what we expected from her character. Mm -hmm. But was like once the ball started rolling, she was able to move in that direction that seemed to be really healing for her. Yeah. So what we talked a little bit about Proctor. Um, I think it would be interesting to talk about Althea and Proctor's relationship because I thought it was really interesting the way that it was divulged to us what they what they did mm-hmm. in terms of their crime mm-hmm. and how each of them felt about it through and especially through Proctor's letters. I thought I thought that he really became a character that I've sympathized with as the book went on because Mm -hmm. of the way, I mean, he clearly loved his daughters. He clearly loved Althea. And I felt like it became more ambiguous, his role in the crime, Mm -hmm. but yet he got more time for the crime. Mm -hmm. So what did you all think about their relationship and the way it kind of was revealed throughout the book? Yeah. I think that that gave us a chance to see another side of Althea that made her a little bit more sympathetic because we did see her love toward Proctor mm-hmm. that we didn't always see for the for Kim especially. Mm-hmm. And so that helped kind of round her out a little bit. But I agree with you, Sarah, that he was so sympathetic that in some ways it made her, it, it made it harder yeah. to mm-hmm. sympathize with her because you're seeing how gracious he is and how tender. I mean, I loved like the um, the hints for the songs yeah. so that yeah. she could guess the song. I mean, just the tenderness that showed how much love he had to give, and sometimes that was not reciprocated. Mm-hmm. And so I felt like, yeah, I just thought that was all really fascinating. And I also thought, like you said about. The fact that he's taking, I mean, all along, it seems like he kind of got drug into the -hmm. situation and then the situation continues to spiral farther out of control. Mm -hmm. And yet he is willing to take full responsibility for it and to take even more responsibility than she did. Mm -hmm. So I think that all that speaks well to his character. And I also think that we see how each of the sisters feels connected to him. And so that's, you know, speaks well for his role in the family too. Um, But I think it also all made a lot of sense to me with with how Althea was always coming back to how they had met and this Mm -hmm. idea of like him as this anchor in her otherwise rootless life when her mom died and how she had all this responsibility and yet he was able to be by her side. And so 
that made me understand their relationship better, I think. And I just, well, I questioned her love for him for most of the book. And I still think I'm questioning it, questioning that. Because to me, it seemed like not necessarily that she loved him the way that he loved her, but that he was comfort and that he was Mm -hmm. the person who saved her from this horrible environment in which she was he she grew up in but that not necessarily like she seemed to me like agitated with him a lot of the time Mm -hmm. and the way that she that he loved their girls I don't know Mm -hmm. I just Mm -hmm. I mean I don't know Mm -hmm. what the right answer is I'm just but I definitely questioned her love for him throughout the whole book and still now I'm well, still well, yeah it. I mean I think that she struggles to connect to other people mm-hmm. in the way that a lot of the other characters in the book are able to connect to other people yeah. I think that is something she seems to know about herself mm-hmm. but doesn't know what to do about yeah I mean I really saw him as an enabler of her bad behaviors and I don't blame him for that but I think because they met so young and because he was her protector from so young and she had she he enables her to wall herself off from him and from the girls and i think she just sees him as being too easy on the girls and therefore is not preparing them for the life that will inevitably be hard like hers was but she also always seems to feel like people owe her things yeah yeah and he does not contradict that i was looking i was trying to find a quotation but she he says this is when they finally see each other at the end of the book they finally have their visit he says even now I don't think there's anything in this world I wouldn't do for you, but I let the blame fall on me for myself too. I should have pulled you back. I should have pulled both us, pulled us both back. But once I realized you were dipping into the charity money, I knew we were too far gone. I knew there was no turning back for you because I know you. And then they talk about building the business and that that's what she, she needed. And he says, I'm thinking now and what I saw was a girl grieving when I first saw you. And over the years, I'd see you just never stop. And I think I watched you grow into a woman who was always reaching, trying to fill a need that was outside anything I could ever satisfy. And so I think it's almost that. I think that she loves him, but is not, he is not enough for her to feel satisfied. So she is always looking for something else to fill this need that she's had since they were children. And I think his understanding of who she is mm-hmm. yeah. and his ability to know that and still love her mm-hmm. is really astounding. Mm-hmm. And so I do think when he is finally fed up with her behavior mm-hmm. and her treatment of Kim, you know that it's bad because he is so supportive through so many other wretched behaviors. Yeah. I mean, he, he really is. I think everyone in this book is nuanced, but I think he is as close to a perfect character as you can see, like, I feel like he almost isn't complex enough, mm-hmm. but I also think because of the way Gray wrote the book and that he, we know him through his letters and therefore through his own vision of himself, mm-hmm. she's able to do that without it seeming unrealistic. I think that it was interesting that Althea, that Althea, the way that she treated the girls and that she was treating them to prepare them for this life. But they weren't living that life. Right. They were with. Pro- right. They had a wonderful father. She yeah. was the one that was creating this mm. environment for them. Mm-hmm. So I think that that was why she just was. 
I just, I couldn't mm-hmm. get on board with her. Ra- I mean, she was definitely trying to rationalize her actions. And I think that she, I think that also she showed no remorse for what mm-hmm. she did. Right. She felt that she was doing what she had to do and that she was somehow owed something yes. because of the mm-hmm. way that she had to, like, she had to grow up so quickly. And while I could sympathize with her life before that, it was hard to be sympathetic to, to her character because mm-hmm. of the way that Lillian and Viola reacted to the same thing. And so, yeah. so I just, I don't know, I just, it really bothered me the way she treated Kim. I just cannot... Yeah, I mm-hmm. could not with that, and mm-hmm. so <laughs> I think that she thinks she thought that she was preparing them for something, but it was something that she was self manifesting herself right. for them to be in this environment because yeah. she was the one creating the yeah. environment. Well, that's that epiphany that yeah. Ashley talked about earlier yeah. Yeah. when she re- like eventually yeah. she does recognize that, which is I think what makes her a redeemable character for mm-hmm. me because otherwise her discrimination against her sister's homosexuality and against really anyone, again, anyone who is different from her is so difficult to live with. But I feel like that, that, that realization, that's fine that she realized that, but I don't think she changed her actions mm-hmm. really. I mean, she maybe th- tried a little bit with the girls. It wasn't enough of a redemption for me to be sympathetic toward mm-hmm. her. Yeah, I mean, I think that we see how far it goes with Kim, and so mm-hmm. I think, and, and with Baby B, and so I feel Baby B, Baby bye. Bye. bye, it should be bye, bye right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, this was another one we didn't talk about beforehand. <laughs> um, so you know, I feel like we do see how far it can go, but I, I feel like there's two things. One, I agree with you, Jen, that like she does, she finally realized about herself that she has, and I, that doesn't mean that I didn't feel suddenly like I really sympathize with her mm-hmm. but she did have that revelation that she mm-hmm. is like she is her father in in their family dynamics and then also i felt like both viola and lillian were moving forward like mm-hmm. they were living in the present and it was all it was like althea was always living in the past like yeah. she never looked forward she never moved on from the things that had happened it was always i mean kind of like y'all said like the woe is me mm-hmm. and everything is owed to me and she's never kind of finding a way to carry the past that she'd experienced mm-hmm. and move forward with it. And I mean, I think the closest she gets to that is with those relationships with the women in the yeah. in the prison system. The only thing about that is, I think I think Viola and Lillian and even Joe are able to move on because of her. Yeah. like she is the one who sacked sacrificed a lot and I think she isn't owed her behavior or her but I do think she sacrificed a lot so that they could have lives where they could move forward and in a way she took she gave away that option for herself but I think Proctor provided that Mm -hmm. for her and when she left Lily that was when Lily got locked in the closet by Joe I mean like I just Mm -hmm. feel like I feel like I don't know. I just don't think I'm going to change my mind. Yeah, Not that yeah. you're trying to change my mind, but I just, yeah. but I feel like that Proctor provided her that out. And when she was gone, she was gone, mm-hmm. you know? And then Lillian went through all that stuff with Joe, yeah, which right. was, yeah, which was probably even more traumatic than what Athea experienced mm-hmm. when she was at home, because yeah. it was more her taking over the mother's role, not necessarily like physical abuse. Yeah. Right. Right. So, well, and they did live with her for a while, though, right? So Joe and Lillian lived with her for a while until the dad came back and then yes, took them yeah, to his was, home. Yes. 
And then that was another, that, that was where I felt like it started. Yeah. She was like, I should have been raised by my father. And therefore, you guys are on your own now because he's he's taking care of you so you well, don't need seemed, me anymore that seemed to be joe's excuse too mm-hmm. was that yeah. he had all this bitterness toward lillian because oh, her father was there in a way that he had not been she was for the joe. favorite yeah. yeah but then again i mean that didn't justify his actions either mm-hmm. i mean i think that you know we we see those things play out but i don't think it's you know incumbent upon us to sympathize right mm-hmm. with and that I, and althea showed that the same thing that she did with Kim and baby Vi, she did with Viola and Lillian yeah. because yeah. Viola was her favorite and she, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. I don't know. Right. I think it was yeah. just this pattern. But I do feel like, so I think we don't have to sympathize with them, but I do feel like a lot of what Gray is getting at mm-hmm. is how do you move forward? Yeah. Right. And so I think like with Kim and baby Vi, where they are talking on the phone to, to Althea in the mm-hmm. end. Mm-hmm. I think was this idea that like you have to take things where they are yeah. and it doesn't matter where they should be. It matters where they are and you have to take them where they are and then you have to find a way to carry on. Mm-hmm. And I feel like with Lillian, she comes to the place where she's like, in order to carry on, I have to break this relationship mm-hmm. with Joe. I have to sell the house. I have to get rid of the apartment. I have to let go of those things, but I'm going to hold on to Nainai mm-hmm. who I have this tender relationship with yeah. and and I'm going to, I mean, she even let go of the girls. And in some ways I felt for her with that because I think that even though she felt that she wasn't suited to take care of them, she was grounded by having them, yeah. by taking care of them. And then mm-hmm. to give them up in some ways was a sacrifice, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. And so, especially because Nai Nai is really old and you, you know, I mean, like she knows that she is not going to live forever mm-hmm. and that she's going to get to the point where she can't care for her. So like we see where she's got the, where she's in the rehab Mm-hmm. nursing home facility kind of mm-hmm. thing and so she's still really involved with her but again i mean in the end she'd had this really full house that she didn't know what to do with and then in the end she's by herself right and in a lot of ways i felt like that was a sacrifice but again i think that what what resounded to me about all of that was like this is where we are mm-hmm. and we got to find a way to move forward but yeah. what i really loved in that last part and really throughout we haven't really talked about the girls i really loved the relationship between baby Vi and kim mm-hmm. and how they held on to each other amid all this chaos and amid these two very divergent pathways about dealing with their family Mm -hmm. that they managed to have each other and i think that part was quite different than the siblings the Mm -hmm. older siblings and how they handled things because they had to kind of come back together as opposed to kim and baby vi who like i think in a lot of ways baby vi suffered because she hadn't told sooner, but she didn't tell sooner because she was so right. devoted to Kim. Mm-hmm, so yeah. I felt like even the bad choices that were made were made in love for each other and not in like diverging mm-hmm. from their caring for each other. And well, I really liked that part. And she could have really resented Kim because Kim is the reason that they don't have parents, that their parents are right. in, right. in prison. Yeah. And yet to see her understand, even if she didn't agree with what her sister did, which we don't really know, she understood why she had done it. And I think that I think that is where I think Gray is so brilliant because we don't have to sympathize with the characters, mm-hmm. but you understand even right, like why they did it. So mm-hmm. even as you're recognizing the ugliness of Althea's outlook on life, mm-hmm. you know where it came from. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know that I sympathize with her, but I do empathize with her because she went through a lot. Mm-hmm. And I think in some ways, her childhood was lost to her. Mm-hmm. Even though Proctor saved her, 
it was at a point where she still had to act as an adult, even though she wasn't one. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so I, I think Gray is yeah. just an amazing author because she is able to put, it's not all that long a book. Bless you. Bless you. But it has this great nuanced character (laughs) (laughs) character development. Yeah, that is just really masterful. Mm -hmm. Did I just say masterful like five times in a row? I'm distracted by my sneeze. (laughs) (laughs) That's the name of this episode. I'm distracted by my sneeze. I looked a long way. Episode 93. The whole nine yards to try to keep it off the mic. Anyway. Sorry. Now I'm going to cough. Excuse us. Now we're going to move on to our pairings, and I'm interested to hear your all's pairings for this book. So, Jen, I'm going to make you start. <laughs> all right. So I have already warned Sarah and Ashley that I'm going to be sneaky and cheat just a little bit. So I kept <laughs> thinking about Orange is the New Black, but I don't want to pair the book because... The book is fine as a pairing for this, but what really pairs well is the show. So if you've not watched the show, the thing that I like more about that than the book is I feel like the show shows, sorry, <laughs> the, the, the series shows the, the women coming together as a family. And I felt like that is so similar to the way you see Althea with the other women. Okay. So that's not my official pairing though, of course, (laughs) because it's not a book. So my official pairing is Pat Conroy's the Prince of Tides. I love Pat Conroy. I love his writing. And I think this is, I think this is my favorite of his books that there's a close second. And This book, in addition to just being beautiful at the sentence level and having these descriptions that I could just read over and over, is about a family who is haunted by their pasts and who the each sibling is haunted by some absence or some abuse or something that happened in their childhood. And you see them as adults trying and often failing to work through the parts of their past that haunt them. And so I just think the sibling relationship reminded me of care and feeding and the flashbacks to their childhood reminded me of it. The main character of the Prince of Tides is in therapy and is trying to work through a lot of his own personal trauma and also to help his siblings at various points through their trauma. And you also see a found family. So that is also important because he comes to have strength because of non-family members who become like family to him. So I just think a lot of the themes are very similar. And I I think that would be a great read alongside care and feeding of ravenously hungry girls although obviously with all books i guess they're quite different too but i just see all of these connections so ashley (laughs) i I like i'm gonna talk i was really pleased to think of this connection (laughs) sarah was with me when i thought of it and i did a little dance i didn't think of it it's fine um so i i loved this book. Sarah recommended this one to me. This is Everything Here is Beautiful by Mira T. Lee. And it is the story of two sisters, Miranda and Lucia. And they are Chinese-American sisters. Miranda is um, really grounded, focused. She's the older sister. She has 
um, she always feels like she has to, like, be the responsible one. And then Lucia is really artistic and free. She's just a free spirit. She has all these impulses that she wants to follow. And she just has a really beautiful spirit. But she also is, like, really free-floating as opposed to Miranda, who is very much grounded. And so... They, it's just the story of, of the two of them and them navigating Lucia's mental illness as she becomes more and as it becomes more and more apparent that she has some pretty profound um, mental health struggles. It's Miranda trying to help with that, but Lucia trying to figure out how to live her own life and to live the life that she wants to its fullest. Like they're at in at odds with each other because. Miranda wants what's best for Lucia, but Lucia wants to live her own life. And so it's so much about how our love for each other can be endless, but also we can't force people to make choices that we think they should make just because we love them. Mm -hmm. And that our love has to encompass accepting the choices that people make. And I think it is just a really beautiful story of love and connections. It also has found family in it. And that's one of the things that Lucia can do so well is create these. She's very charismatic. And so she creates in different places. She creates these really amazing relationships with different people. And so she has all of this really rich experience. But at the same time, Miranda feels that she, because she loves her and wants to protect her, she's always trying to figure out how to help Lucia live a life that is safe and manageable. And so there's just this kind of endless conflict between them as Miranda tries to navigate helping Lucia um, as they, you know, move through their lives. And so I felt like there are a lot of connections there because it is this the deep bonds between sisters, but also the way that our viewpoints can divide us and the way that our desire to protect each other can separate us. I think it's a lot about that. And I feel like we see that so much in the book, how they're having to learn to accept each other and accept the choices that each of them is making, even though those are often in contrast to the choice that each sister would make in that same situation. I think there's a lot of that. And then also like the role of um, being able to have a found family and being able to connect to people in different ways. So I just think, and there are some things that I don't want to have us, spo- I don't want to spoil anything. So there are some other things that come up that are similarities between the two books that I think make the comparison richer. But again, that was Everything Here is Beautiful and it's by Mira T. Lee. I really want to read that book. Oh I have gosh, it. It's so phenomenal. I'll bring it. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> I had a hard time figuring out a pairing for this one. I think that Ashley's, I haven't read the Prince of Tide, but I've read everything Mm -hmm. here is beautiful. And that is like a perfect pairing. Uh, So what I decided to go with is John Green's turtles all the way down. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. I chose this book Number one, because it centers around a a character named Aza who is struggling with mental illness and obsessive compulsive disorder. And what I think that it stood out to me as a pairing for care and feeding is that Aza, throughout the whole book, Aza is very self-aware. She knows that she does Mm -hmm. the thing 
that makes her spiral. She knows, but she can't stop herself. And I felt like a lot of it's like Viola and um, just some, and even Lillian when mm-hmm. she was discussing her affair, it was like she they knew that they were doing the thing that they. But they, but they still did it. You know mm. what I mean? And so I felt like Aza has the self-awareness throughout the whole book, but she doesn't know how to take what she knows about herself and come out of it. And I think in the end of this book, just like in Karen Feeding, she realizes that she has to accept the things that she has been dealt, mm-hmm. and she has to figure out a way to... That it's not going to be easy, but she just has to try to get mm-hmm. get through it and mm-hmm. and continue to live and be aware and keep getting because it's not going to go away. Mm-hmm. And I think that's like what we learn with Viola is that she has had this her since she was a teenager. She has had an eating disorder, and she it goes away. But then, but when things get when anxiety and stress happen, that it causes her to spiral and so it reminds they reminded me of each other they're very different books but I think what is similar is that that I just discussed but also the way in which both gray and green (laughs) 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 sorry (laughs) I don't know if that'll be left in or we're off the rails But the way that both gray and green have this ability to portray these characters who are flawed, who have just a lot of complexities, mm-hmm. and it all seems so authentic, mm-hmm. and that you really believe and are rooting for them, and mm-hmm. um, I just think that they both are very talented writers in the way that they develop their characters. Mm-hmm. John Green is one of my we, we know that this from, <laughs> from listening to the podcast if you've listened for a while, but he is one of my favorite YA writers because I think he writes young adults so well. I think he just knows, knows, knows them. It's like he is one, but he's not, but mm-hmm. he is able to write them like he is a, a, a teenager or mm-hmm. young adult. And I think similarly with Anissa Gray, these characters are so well developed and you just feel like they are these people that you could see you you would know and i think that that is also a similarity so that's my pairing turtles all the way down by john green okay we have one more section and uh this is classroom connections do you all have any classroom connections that you would like to discuss i'm gonna go first because (laughs) since uh middle since i am kind of our middle school representative this would definitely not be a book for middle school students just i mean it's just very complex and it it's just too much for a middle Mm -hmm. school student i think but i think that there are other read um other books that are similar that that deal with similar things like turtles all the way down that that middle schoolers could read and i think that you might be able to pull a passage for middle schoolers Mm -hmm. but i think for the most part this would be one that probably wouldn't have a lot of application in the middle school classroom so now i'll turn it over to the Mm -hmm. high school teachers (laughs) i i think i could i think you could teach this whole class with an upper level group of students. I do think it is so much about adulthood. Yeah. I it might be tough for them to relate. I can think of some students I had who would have enjoyed it, but I think it would take a very mature student. Mm-hmm. So I think lift circles 
might be more appropriate. Almost, yeah. It's almost like speaks to the student's experience. Cause yeah. So, so yeah. students that may have had to take over an adult right. role in their yes. home might really find solace in it. But I don't know that it would be... I don't think it Why? would be a good read for every, yeah, mm-hmm. for every kid. Yeah, like for me, I, I don't think I would do it a whole class mm-hmm. even with like an AP class, but just because I think that the content would be somewhat unreachable to some students. And I mean, it is rich. It is well written. Mm-hmm. But I think if I were going to, there are others that I would choose. Yeah. If I were going to teach something that the content was equally unreachable, I think there are others that I might choose mm-hmm. to pull in instead. But for sure, Lit Circles for a, a more advanced level student class would be totally appropriate and there are some kids who would really relate to mm-hmm. either the like Sarah said like having to deal with the role of being more like an adult at a young age or people who are really interested in family connections and yeah. and siblings or have an incarcerated parent yes. yes right right so I think like those things but again mm-hmm. I mean there are other texts that are more Mm-hmm. young yeah. adult okay. that I think yeah. for like generally in the high school classroom would be Because I think fits. the portrayal of Viola's eating disorder d- disorder is very impactful and I think it's something young mm-hmm. women struggle with but like in my mind I'm thinking of like Winter Girls and mm-hmm. some other books uh, the Swan even, Street. I was gonna yeah. say even the Girls at 17 Swan Street is an adult but I think it still is more reachable for kids yeah. than this because this is so much about how to handle the care of of kids, yeah, the right. care of Kim and baby Bai. I mean, so much of the book is about mm-hmm. what do we do with these teenagers mm-hmm. who, and how do we care for them and help them have not have these, like this ramifications of mm-hmm. all the suffering that the older generation yeah. has had. Mm-hmm. So I think it's a lot about that. And that's hard for kids to mm-hmm. connect to. I think. Yeah, mm-hmm. I definitely, I taught a lot of books aimed at an adult audience, but that I felt bridged the gap. Uh-huh. Well, and I, I just don't think this is the right fit. Mm-hmm. So that's what I mean. I think I was thinking of if you're looking for generational things, I think that Yagasi's Homecoming mm-hmm. is again, it's an adult book, but it is more reachable for kids, mm-hmm. I think, and can be approached within like you could look at different stories from it mm-hmm. and and they kind of would be able to stand alone. So I think that that would be a good read. I think, like you said, Turtles All the Way Down, mm-hmm. if you're looking at mental health, I think that Everything Here is Beautiful would be a better Better fit Mm -hmm. difficult for kids but I think that uh, easier to connect to because again I think it's just hard for most high school students to envision the responsibility Mm -hmm. that adults take toward the care of youth particularly like teenagers as opposed to younger Mm -hmm. kids because I think some of them do have familiarity with that from you know their own lives from their um, siblings from stuff like that Mm -hmm. but they're not likely have gonna because they're still in that age themselves Mm -hmm. So on that note, we will leave you today. Thank you for listening. We want to remind you to rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. That helps us so much and helps other people find us. And thanks for listening today. Do you have comments or opinions about what you heard today? We'd love to hear them. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at UnabridgedPod or on the web at UnabridgedPod.com for a list of ways to support us. We'd like to thank Jared Featherstone, who composed our theme music, Strings of Light, and Katie Amy of Amy Photography, our podcast photographer. Thanks for listening to Unabridged.